everyone. This is Ashley from goldengoddesses.org, and welcome to tonight's episode of Threshold to Ascension Radio. It is my divine honor to welcome a beautiful sister. Sorita Antaria is a powerful yet heart-centered force of divine feminine energy. Her psychic abilities expanded to include ET communication and what I call telepathically cued UFO filmology. I'm going to have to trademark that. And she has seen and felt spirit from a very young age. She is known worldwide for her ability to receive communication from star beings. Many who, as I said, alert her to when UFO craft are present, which she expertly films. Although Sarita is physically based in Melbourne, Australia, her travels take her around the world and multidimensionally, and she supports clients around the globe via Skype, doing her amazing aura drawings, regressions, and psychic readings, calling on her natural clairaudience and empathic abilities to help people gain greater understanding and wisdom on their soul path. So without any further ado, Sarita, my dear goddess friend, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It's funny, I've still got the energy going from talking about the guides and things. It's like they're touching me on the head. You'll feel spirit, you know, just come in and kind of ruffle your hair a little. The head, the head tickles, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it was so interesting seeing the message um, and the images come through from spirit because, you know, when we do this sort of work and, you know, we put ourselves in that protective space and open up to the best and highest possible good and sit within and only work with the guides that have a loving nature that are there for us unconditionally. But when we really start to just bring the messages through purely and not go, hold on, that's weird. That can't be true. You know, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing you, I think touching a tree or communicating with a tree. And then I'm seeing all these trees communicate and carry your message out. The word that comes to mind is a network. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were spreading it throughout their communication network and working with taking that message across the earth. You know, you got to say it as you see it. <laughs> the thing is, you just do it. It's it's having that trust, that faith to just begin the process. And for anyone that's listening, you know, we encourage that because that's yeah. how things begin to unfold. As the guidance I got from Kazikiel a few years ago, which is it's intention, not perfection. That's so true. Because intention carries a frequency. Mm. And so it's the frequency of that intention that sends out the signal that is understood, even if it's not exact. That's so true. I feel fear and do it anyway. I just try not to think too much about what I'm going to talk about. Let spirit talk. It's like, if I just show up, it happens. But I also say the little bubbly feeling that you get, which some people might term as nerves. I'm like, it's excitement. The energy <laughs> building too. I think it's that it connection building. I know I mm. feel an excitement and, and the intention to support the beautiful people like yourselves and getting their message Thank across you. and to meet the needs of the listeners. And you know what? You hold space for the highest and best, right? And I think that's what, what you do in your journey. So you were talking about an experience you had where you felt like you were held within the universe and it was a mm-hmm. heavy velvet consciousness. And I, I laugh because it reminded me, you know, I spent a lot of my time in the void and I call that space the black velvety consciousness. That's And I call it the void as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so funny. Fascinating when you were talking about yeah. that, you know, the chills, the bumps. Oh, wow. Well, how good is that for confirmation? That's Very amazing. <laughs> Getting back to your connection with, with the galactic brothers and sisters and how that comfortness developed. I mean, you began as a young child seeing a lot of spirits and ghosts yeah. and, and having some experience with off-worlders. When did yeah. you truly really come into your understanding that you were more than just this 
restricted being on earth. So even, um, you know, in kindergarten, I remember sitting in my bedroom and, you know, trying to make things move with my hands and my mind, <laughs> you know, working with <laughs> psychokinesis and just going, it's like, oh, it's not working this time. <laughs> What's wrong with my hands? Um, because, you know, I was having dream-like experiences or out-of-body experiences where I'm, you know, a, a small child and even going into my teen years and I'm levitating. But the way that I would levitate was in lotus position. And even uh, one experience that I had in my teen years was I levitated up and out of my bed in lotus position, holding, holding a mudra, like holding some finger positions, floating, levitating into the hallway. And there's an Indian guru with all of his chakras lit up, just floating in my hallway. He was one of my guides mm. and he had this turban on. And I remember communicating to him floating in the hallway and waking up going, that wasn't a dream that, that actually really happened. And then sitting there later trying to make myself levitate. <laughs> I know I can do it. <laughs> I know. So I think I've always been lucky knowing that, you know, that I'd had other lifetimes and having experienced uh, one of the things that was hard as a small child was knowing that I experienced love in such a deeper sense than was here on earth. And so there was the sadness and a bit of a sorrow uh, for not having that same depth uh, of love that we have off world or, you know, when we're sort of like reconnected with source. Yes. But part of that is also us allowing and bringing that here on earth. So as many of my friends know, you know, I'll always tell them that I love them. Um, and I really just try and bring through a bit of that kind of, you know, star nation love here on earth and really try and hold that frequency. Well, that yeah. frequency was so apparent in the Pleiadian light language that you did. On when you were first on, on September 6, 2018, and the listeners can find that interview in the archives on the Threshold to Ascension radio page. That was such an overwhelming, enveloping frequency of that divine love. And I had the beauty of experiencing that on the earth plane in a parallel reality experience. Joseph and I, about four months after we got together, were in a hotel room. We were spooning, we were laying there. He was mad at spirit because what he was involved with, with a big yeah. software company, wasn't flowing the way when he was like yelling at spirit. In the meantime, I'm bi-locating is the only way I can language it. Yeah. My higher self and my human self at the same time. And I felt the energy as this overlay, this powerful overlay. And I felt her love for him in his higher self form, in Joseph's higher self form. Mm -hmm. And it was a love that I cannot language in earth language. Yeah. Such an enveloping, um, non-attached, honoring frequency that brought tears to my eyes and was definitely for a partner. It wasn't a unity consciousness love. It was definitely a soul union love. And I felt this beautiful divine frequency. And then he said he was going off of this path because what was happening. And I felt the pain in her heart, my heart, as I said to him, if that's your choice, I will always love you. I will miss you, but I will always love you. Yeah. That frequency is so powerful. And it is something that I'm still aspiring to hold in my body on the earth plane because it's, it is a totally different frequency. I I get close to it again, but I haven't quite fully anchored it. And I think some of that light language you did bringing in that Palladian frequency recalibrated a few things. What about your experience of embodying that love here on the planet? Yeah. And uh, everything that you were just saying, I'm just getting like chills and <laughs> and just, you know, like acknowledging like everything you were saying, I just feel it, you know, to be true. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I have experienced. And even to the point of when someone doesn't have a partner, they can experience that love for self and that, um, that love, that energy that comes through from your own spirit too. And knowing that you are connected to, you know, a, a bigger picture, but I have experienced it, um, you know, in relationships too. And, you know, especially with, with other starseeds. I've had a few partners that are starseeds, luckily. <laughs> and it's something that's, you know, it's a really beautiful thing when other starseeds get together because you're able to really see not just like the 3D human material side of the physical body, but to be able to connect in and bond deeper. And I've had experiences, you know, with a partner in the past where it was uh, when we were together, the whole uh, room would dissolve. 
and we would go off world and see each other in past lives and things together. But there was this telepathic connection and and I think that's also something that, you know, looking into my future, I'm so excited about, you know, new love and everything that it's just, you know, it's very present for me at the moment, thinking about this kind of depth of love and what it is that, you know, I'm, I guess, manifesting and, and putting out for too is that, you know, I, I don't think I can do anything less than that because that's who I am and what I bring. And I feel like to have a partner that's equally in that space of love and, you know, to have that other equal divine masculine. And so I'm so excited about the future. And it's very powerful too, for as you were talking with that light language you brought through, those kinds of unions really are helping to anchor this ascending frequency in the collective consciousness. I mean, it's, it's very powerful for that flow. So your communication with the galactic beings and, and for those that are holding that heart space for for them to have that type of experience. What suggestions or tips do you have for people that have that heartfelt desire, but yet don't feel they've had that connection? And with some of them, it will be that they mentally go, I want to connect or I want to do that. And that's where I encourage to feel into the body because sometimes you'll feel it within your throat chakra or your heart chakra, and they'll feel like there's this other language kind of hiding in there that's the language of the soul. It's also spoken about, I think, you know, in, in the Bible as well, not that I've read the Bible, but when you look into speaking in tongues, you know, referring to like Pentecostal type energies and people speaking with spirit, what they talk about is that there's those that are born with the ability to do it naturally and are born on the earth. And it just, which I guess was my case. Right. Uh, then when others hear that, it's like that lights or sparks something within them then they start to be activated or start to speak it. And then they go on and sort of spread that. And it's like all these little lights kind of like setting each other off. So I definitely encourage if anyone really does feel drawn or just have a desire to speak that language within them. And there's so many people that I've heard from that have done that. And it you self-activate when you do that. You literally you switch your own light on. So I think that's just, it's an amazing experience. And to connect and be supported by others that are on the same journey I think is really, really, it's so important at this time to have that connection and assistance and that support network around us too. And I think there's more and more people that are opening up. I mean, Joseph and I find that, you know, I know people say, be careful who you talk to about it. We don't really care anymore. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) And so we'll we'll be at a trade show next to someone who's an insurance agent on one side, you know, and selling outdoor sheds on the other side and last we do we also meditate and we you know sky watch and we connect with ets and like oh really i've been feeling that for a while or i've had that good and i find the more i share without expectation of approval or validation Mm. the more it creates a safe opening for people to ask questions or to share their journey i i just love doing that and i find that there are more people out there that have had experiences than mm. think there are. And when we give them that opening, right, they're either curious. I'm sure you'll get some eye rolls. Yeah. Right. I love you talking about the light language about when you were on the show. Was it in 2005 when you were on Australia? Oh, yeah. And yeah. So you were young. Yeah, I was only, I think, 24 at the time. Right. And what I loved was that they actually kind of, in a way, set you up. Mm. to see if anyone understood what you said. And you were there with Pentecostal ministers and other people that were speaking other kinds of language. Do you want to share a little bit about what that felt like? Here is definitely a profile in courage. It's set up on national TV. I know. And, you know, like it it was so interesting because that was that moment of coming out of the galactic closet (laughs) in Australia in a big way, you know, where uh, it was something that my parents watched. And, you know, everyone sort of gathered around to to watch it. And I'm sort of sitting in the background watching everyone watch it, going, what are they going to think? That it is good that we step into that trust and truth. But what happened was, so they got me to speak light language. And then um, they said for the listeners to write in and translate what I said. And what was interesting, out of the people that weren't joking, saying, you know, beam me up, Scotty, things like that, I think it was about like 98% of people actually got the heart of what I was saying. 
And that blew them away because they didn't expect that. You know, they they have all sorts of people on pet communicators. And I think Mary Rodwell was actually on, um, I'm not sure if it was the second episode or third episode. She was on too. So we had a few of us, you know, spreading the, the, the ETs and style language, which is great. That's fantastic. Well, I love how um, you didn't say it exactly this way, but this is how I put it, is that light language is like a zip file, mm, <laughs> right? True. There's so much in it. And a lot of it is happening multidimensionally through your being. And so as human beings, we try to get the message. We want to translate it word for word. But when we understand that there is so much involved in it activating multidimensionally and that it's oftentimes the thought comes through the feeling it, it is how I would describe it. How would you how would you describe? Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. And I think it's good to have different ways because we all feel things different. Exactly. So for me, it's really um it's like how you said, like a zip file, or it's almost like each, if we were to translate it into like glyphs, it's like each symbol or each uh, piece of light language is like a book of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that it's understood is to get outside of that human mind and step into the the empathy and step into the energetic feeling and understanding because it, it's part of, you know, you see animals have that instinct or that uh, awareness of their surroundings. And it's about us becoming acutely aware of our energetic surroundings and, you know, translating energy into feeling, emotion, vibration. And as you said, it does things like within the body, as well as like within the heart and the mind. And there is the activations that happen. You know, I've had um, men and women uh, burst into tears hearing it saying, I don't know why I feel like so emotional, but it's, it's something that I remember. I remember this language. My soul remembers it. And, you know, they'll go on and um, start seeing UFOs and, you know, delving deeper into the ET mysteries. And, you know, it, it does awaken and activate some people, but I think it's something that they already have within them. It's something that our soul remembers. Right. And I think you mentioned something about one of your children. You spoke light language with, with one or more of the children when they were young. Yeah. So even with um, some friends, children, uh, uh, friends, uh, kids as well. Yeah. One of my daughters, she actually, sometimes in her sleep, we've heard her speak different languages and I've just replied to her in light language and she replies back to me, but no conscious memory of of it happening. So that's happened a few times. Um, But yeah, I had one friend, uh, her son had um, some vaccine damage, which was really, really sad. So regressed into not really talking and not really sort of showing emotion. And she said, can you just try doing some light language with him? And I spoke it to him and he just locked eyes with me and was just gazing at me. Mm. And you could feel his spirit really come back more into the body and feel him there present. And she said, he hasn't done that for a long time. Mm. And they, they ended up luckily getting him on a gluten-free and a dairy-free diet. And he, you know, cause so much of our healing is in our gut he's speaking again and really, you know, communicating. And it's just, it's been a, a beautiful thing to watch that happen for him. And I know food is medicine and food as a tool is. is really important to all of us, but especially yeah. to you as well. Oh. And also um, babies, new babies that have still got that connection to the divine and those soul memories. You speak light language to them <laughs> and they look at you like a full wise soul. Yes. The, the baby look goes and they're like, this is, this is home. Well, you met my grandson, Oliver, right? Oh. Little redhead and Evelyn, both of them. I just, I love talking like, like language to them. Oh, and they'll just really back and they're really present. It's really, really beautiful. Oh. On your YouTube channel, you have actually some snippets of light language meditations. Yeah. Explain that a little bit for the listeners who might be drawn to maybe listening to it a little bit for yeah. more to get practice in speaking it. Even um, if they go onto Spotify and type my name in on Spotify, there should be a light language album that comes up as well. So that's probably like a way of getting more an uninterrupted flow because the other ones are like shorter. But yeah, it it really, it speaks to the language of the soul. Um, I have even, uh, you know, people that have bought the CD and they're like, I put it on when I'm cleaning the house. (laughs) So it's like kind of like activating at the same time. I don't know if I could stay grounded if I was listening (laughs) to it. I couldn't make the cleaning go much faster. Yeah. But it it is good to put on with healing and things. Like it does set up a particular frequency and energy and it does ignite certain soul memories that we have and sort of set us on the path. 
And you also have the meditation. Is it, is it soul star? The one that, that actually oh, yeah. being in the, the craft on the top of the pyramid and going, yeah. I just did that this afternoon and oh, I, was, Whoa, I had tears flowing down my face. Oh. So and that, that used to be part of the workshop that I taught that uh, goes with the soul star book too. So the meditation would be a journey. So we would activate and awaken the acupuncture points, do the toning, uh, you know, working with uh, having different uh, flower essences to open up different chakras and things. And then we would finish with the soul star meditation, but you can just go onto my website, um, soulreader.com and open up the meditation for free. So what happens is you go on a journey and you can preset or pre-program your meditation in the sense of, uh, so for me, like I love Sirius and I love Pleiades. So, you know, I will quite often go, yeah, I'm just going to go back home <laughs> with meditation. But you can choose to connect with your guides or to have, you know, to ask questions of what your life path is. And I've got binaural beats mixed into the background of that. So it does facilitate more of an altered state of consciousness and put you really into that how we were talking about before, almost that void or that um, galactic space to be able to have those energies come up. Well, and that's a great, I think it's a great um, playful tool for people that are interested in opening up and connecting more with their star family. So I mentioned in your introduction that I called you a telepathically cued UFO phenomologist. That's my new title for you, okay? I love it. <laughs> so you should trademark it like you I know. Said. So one of the things that I, I really love about you is you're so tuned in and that you know when it's time to go outside and your beings, your family or the, the craft are there. Can you share some of those experiences? What do you feel of old? You've had so many as one of the yeah. most profound ones. And um I think one of the most profound ones was actually I, just in Yosemite recently, just driving in the car, um, and I just saw this beautiful lake, and the clouds were reflected. So it was like the heavens were reflected on Earth, and I just felt drawn to taking these photos. And when I actually looked at the photos later, so it was this intense feeling come over me of I've got to take photos, and just felt this divinity. I saw beautiful triangle light chips that appeared in my photos, and beautiful orbs so they're up on um, Instagram and Facebook for anyone that wants to look through those albums Um, I'll have to put them up on my website too and also being verified by ex-British Air Force uh, Jason Gleaves as well so he's done like an inversion on the photos and and verified them for me as well which was lovely Uh, and it was interesting because the message that I got at the time was about stepping into this goddess energy and it was about this transformation process that I'm currently, you know, transitioning through. Um, But, yeah, it was about that connection with my star family and I really felt that Pleiadian energy with it. But the sense and the feeling that I get is different from what some of the males have described. So for me, I get a sense of peace and calmness come over me and it's almost like I feel like I'm gliding out the front door. Mm. (laughs) There's a real grace and a beauty that comes with it and I always when I see a UFO I want to tune in on another level and because there's a message or there's a reason or an activation you know they don't always just fly over for no reason Not for your <laughs> exactly and I have this weird telepathic communication with them in that you know I'll be outside talking to a friend like we are now all of a sudden my head will go like this and I'm like oh UFO <laughs> so it's almost like they're pulling on my hair right. to get my head to flip up so there is, you know, it's using our, our vessel or our body as a conduit to receive these messages, but always doing the protection so that you're not going to bring any unwanted Absolutely. negative. Yeah. One of the things that I always encourage people to just start with is actually start filming in their home, doing mm. heart meditation and filming for orbs. Can you share some of your experience with that and how that can be a stepping stone for people to get more comfortable? Yeah, definitely. And even, you know, this is something fun uh, to do with the kids too. Right. So uh, when I lived down at the beach uh, many years ago now, the kids and I would go outside and we'd get our neighbors over and the neighbor's children. And I was teaching them to see orbs with their eyes. And it was funny because uh, one of the other mums there, she couldn't see them with her eyes, but she was she's a photographer, so she's taking photos. And her kids are pointing them out, going, Mum, there's one there, take the photo. And so, like, this is something we can see with our eyes. Right. But, yeah, setting up the cameras, like you said, and doing that heart meditation, because a lot of these beautiful energies and the ET energies, the reason that they're kind of coming in or they're showing interest in us is because we're setting that intention. And I think when it comes from such a heart space, uh, they really, they do show up. 
And, you know, I'm so incredibly grateful for the contact that, that we do have and the beautiful people that it brings together as well, because I think it's just such a part of the ET message. You know, I've traveled to um, Italy and done um, Japanese TV and I've had them fly here as well to Australia and, you know, been to America and even seen things in Bali too. And one thing that it really, the message that comes with it when they, the crafts are flying over and we've got, you know, all these different nationalities and nations in the backyard or, you know, out in the field, uh, the message that the ET says they're so excited and so like joyfully happy that humanity is coming together in acknowledgement for like the star brothers and sisters and the awakening and awareness of humanity. They're just, I can't express the joy that they sort of blast us with. And, you know, some people will get teary, others, you know, will burst into laughter and just, oh my God, <laughs> you know, it's just incredible to feel that hit of energy or the blast of energy and the Japanese are some of my favorite to watch when they see the UFOs because their reaction is so different from a western expression they're like whoa it's so priceless I know they're they're beautiful it's awesome they're they're stunning I wanted to ask you without lowering the frequency yeah I've at times been accused I'm going to use that word it's a little bit too harsh but of being naive because I am focused on the heart space and on that frequency of love and that raising our frequency is really what our individual missions are here to raise our own frequency. I'm not in um, denial that there are archons and Illuminati oh, yeah. and all that, but that's really not where I want to put my energy. Yeah. So that balance between the warrior space, which we need in a way, and the heart frequency. What's your take on that? And I know that you're kind of more in alignment with what I like yeah, to focus on, but how have you danced through that dance in the UFO yeah. community? And the other thing that Spirit's guiding me with as well is just to like to say and confirm that like, you know, with you, I've always seen like you from that heart centered space. And I always see that you put out like, you know, for the best and highest good that you really do, you know, ride on that high powerful frequency. And even when those sort of energies come into play or around, I still see you sit and hold that space and that integrity. And that's something that you know, I really honor within you is that integrity and beautiful heart that you have. Um, and I think that's what we need to hold. You know, there, there are those energies that exist and are sort of thrown around out there. And I think, you know, if we can sit within integrity and that heart space, you know, we're going to sit outside of that frequency. And I mean, like you say, you do your clearings before your readings. You do, you know, you put on the raincoat when you go out and it's raining, right? But yeah. It's not for me about spending my energy there because it just yeah, the definitely. And I think for me, that was also something I learned, um, you know, early on with uh, learning more about psychic abilities and things too, is for me, I, I was interested in the mediumship side of things. But when I actually went and did the medium workshop, <laughs> I could do it. But I'm like, I actually stopped the guy's watch working as well. <laughs> like just focus and getting my attention to kind of zoom in. Right. And I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, I feel so tired and so drained. Right. And I think energy is such a, you know, that kind of speaks volume. So for me, I'm like, okay, speaking to people that have passed on, maybe not such a good idea for my frequency. <laughs> it's, it's not that that's a negative thing. It's just, that's not where I'm at. I just couldn't hold that. So for me, it is uplifting and so energetically enlivening to communicate with the ETs and with spirit guides and, you know, with people's higher selves and with their soul journeys and paths. It really just, it adds to that energy um, and it helps maintain that frequency. And for me, it's just enlivening. And I feel like it really just, it brings more energy. I don't feel so tired afterwards. I might if I've done like quite a few in a row, right. but that's just the human side of things, right. I think. Well, yeah, it's true. I think holding that higher frequency of joy really is more recharging and is more supportive in that journey. But again, you know, people come in on their own different paths of what they're meant to contribute. And for some, having someone who has the ability to bring through a message from a loved one really is your healing and healthy, healthy experience. What has been the most unusual or all, you know, one or two unusual of one um, being that's come through when you've been doing an aura drawing for a client. Oh, that really 
stand out that as yeah there's there's one that I can think of just off the top of my head um and it's funny because sometimes these people will come in for like a normal reading or to (laughs) relationships or look at work and career and have like an ET standing right behind them and sometimes it's more of a spirit-based type thing that might look not so ET uh but one girl she had I could see this very clear like a bubble head ET standing right behind her so he looked kind of like a gray, but wasn't a gray energy, but he had this head that was like a bubble and he had a, like a, an old fashioned kind of sweater on from, you know, like in happy days, they wore the, the sweaters and I'm like looking at him standing in the background. I think he was like in my kitchen, uh, we're in the dining room and I'm like, I'm just going to have to go with this. So I start drawing this in and I see her draw drop, like drop open. I'm thinking, I wonder if it's because I'm drawing it ET and she's coming for normal stuff. And then she says to me, that's the being that I saw in my house two nights ago. Wow. Yeah. So that was incredible confirmation for for me to really trust and know that like, you know, I just have to keep the message pure. But another one that comes to mind was, so after I got back from Italy in February, I had quite a few nights in a row over a period of a month where I kept waking up to ET standing next to my bed. And what they were communicating to me, there was this beautiful one called Amar. And he was a Hispanic looking Pleiadian. And someone just asked me that question the other day, you know, are Pleiadians, do we have different color skin tones and are there different, um, you know, ethnicities for Pleiadians? And there definitely is. We have, you know, darker skin Pleiadians. We have Hispanic looking, we have blue skin Pleiadians and also like the Nordic looking as well. And probably many more that we haven't discovered. So I woke up to this beautiful being Amar sitting or standing like within a golden craft that was almost like an elongated diamond and a control panel at the front. And I woke up and I said, Donde esta? Like I was speaking another language <laughs> and we looked it up on Google Translator and it was something about uh, like, where is he? Right. And I'm sitting up in bed going, oh my God, that's not, that's not English. And I remember coming back into consciousness because a lot of this will communicate and take place while we're in that kind of like astral realm or that sleep, you know, lucid stage. But I woke up seeing him both with my eyes closed and then with my eyes open, sitting up in bed, communicating to this being. And the message that he was there to show me was to not be, uh, not be fearful, but they're going to start to come through more physically for me. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the meaning of his name and it means to love. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and that was the exact energy that he brought through was just this unconditional love and, you know, just support on my journey and just, you know, them energetically holding space and support why I get accustomed and used to them coming through more physically. But yeah, I really, I felt that support so strongly. And then waking up night after night after that to these ETs standing at my bed and just. And was there a variety of nations? Yeah. Was it? And this was, yes. was this when you were in Italy, when you came back? But just when I came back, I think it was only like a day or two after I came back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely different star nations. And that's the, that's the amazing thing about the work that I do is that, you know, communicating with so many different clients and their guides, I get to see like a whole galactic uh, society <laughs> and different types of star beings and star nations. And, you know, we do have the ones that are sort of appear more commonly, mm-hmm. but then we have ones that come from so far off world or in such higher dimensions that we don't even have names for this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guides will say, we're going to give you a name or a frequency to contact us, but that's for the human mind. It's actually right. all about that energy and energy recognition is where we're heading next and I feel like that's also the next part of like human technology too you know like right now we have messaging and we have all these social media uh, ways to communicate but we are heading into a space of telepathy and I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this but I'll definitely know when you know a friend is thinking about me or you know, there's, there's a message or a communication or, you know, you feel cold or guided to contact someone, then you find out that they were just thinking about you. So we are energetically progressing to that too. And it's happening more and more. We talk a lot about frequency and the importance of frequency. Do you have any familiarity with any craft that are propelled by sound frequency? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I'm just thinking. So some of the ones that I've interacted with, I'm not sure if I've really noticed like the sound. Oh yeah, there was. So there was one like that we had flying over and that was more connected with sound, but it's, 
it's similar to, you know, like the crystal bowls Mm -hmm. for toning, they have like a certain frequency. And also um, we'd heard like when we'd had visitations and things uh, and experiences being beamed up, you know, like a a sound has been recorded in the background Mm -hmm. and it's of that craft doing the vroom, vroom, vroom type thing. But some of these crafts are also organic or made of like light energy. Exactly. Um, When I was at Monroe Institute in Virginia, I'd been living in Australia. I went to Virginia to do three weeks and I was in the Faraday cage. Oh. Right. And so I had a past life memory of being on a craft that was a light craft. I was very tall. All I saw was opalescent light and very wow. long opalescent fingers. And it was a gown of light that went down. I didn't really have any feet. Yeah. And I was the guardian of the frequency wow. of the craft. And this actually was over what I knew was ancient Australia. Oh, wow. And we were actually betrayed, long story, and we were shot down out of the sky because of a betrayal with the the fallen Anunnaki and the reptilians. But it was this powerful energy of the frequency was used to shift dimensions yeah. So is that like a conscious uh, creation or conscious co-creation with the, the light ship? Yes. It was like a communication co-creation. It wasn't that a tone that we had to keep going continually, but yeah. it was utilizing this this group of people to create a frequency to mm. hyper shift dimensions. It sounds like um, almost like a resonance theory as well. Quite fascinating. The whole sound and very much in tune yeah. frequency and the sound and I can see you in that um in that light body form as well it's really beautiful like as you describe it you can see like an interface you know template over the top overlaying overlaying yeah absolutely now you were talking on on you've shared before about having experiences where the roof of the house disappeared oh yeah so Um, I've had it a few times where I'm laying in bed and I wake up like I was talking about before with the ETs appearing around my bed, but I woke up and the roof was actually transparent. So I could see the stars on that, but I could see like a mothership over the house. And both times when this has happened, you know, like I've, I've like hopped up out of bed and I'm still looking at it. And then I've run to, to go and have a look outside to see if there's anything out there. And one of these times I saw just two lights just flash off into the distance and they were gone. So it was really, you know, they are working with us to help us shift and release some of these veils. And some of them are fears because we've watched a lot of Hollywood stereotyping and dramatization of, you know, what ET is or what these UFOs are. And really it's like when we connect in that heart space, we're going to start receiving messages. You know, if your intention is good, you know, we're going to start to receive those little wake up calls and I think that was just part of that. It was that confirmation for me, you know, standing up, looking outside and I see them flying off into the distance. Um, But I also feel that it was that I'd been on craft and they were dropping me back. And what I love, you know, you share about the fact where you live is not out in some lined forest. You're kind of pretty much in the heart of the suburbs of Melbourne. I am on a main street. (laughs) And you have craft flying over all the time. And I think that's important yeah. for people to know that when you set that intention, right, and hold that space and mm. wonder your fears, because some stuff's going to come up. The body has yeah. survival signals, right? That yeah. is that opportunity to open up and experience. Because I think our star brothers and sisters are, are truly making more and more appearances now. Definitely. And I think also what happened with me with like releasing some of that fear, I've had it removed and released in stages. Mm-hmm. One of them was when I woke up to, um, or I went to sleep and there was like an ET UFO experience happening just before I went off to sleep. And I heard them, they were like a mini UFO. And I just heard them say, roll over and go to sleep. You know, it's okay usually I would be like out of the room standing at the front door with the lights on going, Oh my God, what's happening. But there was this peace and calmness come over. And when I was waking up in, in the morning, I felt like I was being sort of put back in body, but there was these uh, three light beings that I could see that had like lab coats. So they were projecting like a, a doctor healer or a scientist type thing. But I saw them removing this big, long silver needle out of my left eye but I didn't feel fear or anything. I actually felt like they were reconfiguring and upgrading my vision, which was to do with like, you know, everything that I see 
and just enhancing and tweaking it. But it was after that that some of the fear started to go and I started to go out and skywatch by myself. Ah. So when I was living at the beach and I was standing in the backyard and I used to be scared to stand just, you know, or like run to the car to get something in the dark. Right. And for me to go from being scared to go out at night time, you know, for what's lurking in the dark to standing outside sky watching by myself. Like I just know that they really help to shed the fears. And especially when you're connected with the positive ones too, they're going to help release those entanglements that we have with the fear and, and really just can, from it. We can also set that intention before we go to sleep to ask our star family yeah. to help us release and transmute and move past those fears. I'm sure yeah. many of the listeners have had the experience of you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, getting the message, go outside and going, no, I'm just going to roll back over. Right? But when we listen to those messages, it's some of the most powerful experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, having patience as well, because some people will say, you know, I've waited for, you know, 20 years or so to see something. But sometimes it's about getting out of that mental mind and into the space of the heart. And I think we all have, you know, these desires to interact with these star brothers and sisters, but a lot of it is personal interaction. So it could be that you're not necessarily going to see it firsthand uh, physically with your eyes. It might be that you met, you know, in meditation or in the dream state that they start to come to you more and awaken us that way. And then when we're ready, you know, maybe that's when we're going to see them more physically. And I know that many of the beautiful images that you've captured, they're always going to be a debunker here or there that says it's oh, yeah. spacecraft or it's this or it's a weather balloon or, yeah. or whatever, right? And I love how Jason Gleaves has been able to do yeah. the work that he does to show the images. Now, there's a, something that I wasn't aware of before until I was looking at your site. It was is it EBN or there's a the kind of tube looking? The Bonnie. So, oh, yeah. what's, what's a Bonnie? So... so and, and a bani seems to be more of an Italian term for like a biological entity. Okay. So it's a, it's a being not necessarily like in a physical state, like what we are in that same density, but they're almost like in a biological kind of light body. But some people say that they exist in the upper atmosphere. So mm-hmm. there's a few interesting uh, like YouTube things that people can watch on that. Sometimes they'll appear as, oh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is some, you know, like you see the car sales place that have the wiggly balloons. <laughs> Sometimes they'll look a little bit like that, um, not a balloon, but, you know, like a, a movement like that or like a, a worm type movement. Sometimes you'll get a few of them in the sky at once, but there's a certain energy that, that each of these different craft emit as well. Because I've seen so many from, you know, physical UFOs to non-physical to the biological type to ones that are like a living light or, um, you know, even being on board craft that's like a, a gas type atmosphere or like a blue light, but I'm breathing, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of uh, atmosphere. And sometimes you'll wake up with like a hangover type feeling or like a temporal, as I think uh, Barry Littleton refers to it, a temporal asphyxia or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's got some interesting information right. uh, to do like, you know, inside some crafts and inside like the different types as well. He has amazing drawings of, of the yeah. experience. Yeah. So Italy, what brought about your being invited oh, to go to Italy? And it's, it's fascinating to hear how the consciousness and the connection is happening around the world. And that was the strangest thing was, I think it was a year or two before I actually went to Italy. I had a dream that I was sitting in a roundabout having like an ET party, but there was other contactees there. And I could see all of the detail of the buildings. And I'm like, I'm in Italy, even down to like, there's a cafe across the road from it. Like the detail was just, and when I look back on it, I think perhaps that the roundabout was actually a UFO. And we were having a meeting on a UFO because they will be different screen memories that, you know, that are projected to us to make us feel comfortable. And so I was filming for another doco here in Australia as well. And I just, I put out, I'm like, I really would love to go to Italy this year. And it was probably three weeks after I said that, that I got the email from uh, Japanese TV inviting me to go to Italy. And they wanted me to speak light language to an Italian woman who has a famous ET case over there. Um, And we were actually able to understand each other and be able to communicate in light language and, you know, saw each other on board a craft and it was really, really interesting. And there is some things to her case that are real and some things I think maybe a little bit exaggerated because okay. she lived out sort of by herself in the countryside. But yeah, a fascinating experience. And I really just felt guided to go and meet with Antonio Uzi and Simona Sabella, who are two beautiful contactees over in Milan. And so, yeah, I just sort of put that 
that message out there and got on a plane and went to, I went to Italy and so many things they were saying was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you feel a tap on the head when the ETs are there. And, <laughs> you know, so many of the things they were saying was what we uh, experience. And that's what I think is the commonality is that this is happening worldwide. I had someone talking to me from Bulgaria the other night that films UFOs and, you know, same thing. A lot of us experience. Well, I think that's the big part of like, as, as Costa Macris calls it, people's disclosure movement, right? We know what's happening. So we don't need to wait for a time to tell us. I do want to go back to the screen memories you talked about, because I think that's helpful for some of our listeners about how the galactic beings can project screen memories. So can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So probably an easiest visual way to describe it is, so when I was younger, I remember uh, having a dreamlike experience because a lot of it is in that state. And I remember I went out in the backyard in this sort of dream state. So not in my physical body. And I remember standing outside on the, the patio and the grass and Santa is there in his sleigh. But the interesting thing when I look back up, upon it and I go have a regression around it is that all these lights were on the sleigh and it was like a UFO. Mm-hmm. But they were projecting that um, that feeling of, you know, oh, it's exciting. You're going to go on Santa's sleigh. And in that experience, I actually went to the North Pole. But I just remember this like, like this sense and feeling of, oh my God, that's real. Like just, it really stuck with me. And it was just this beautiful connection and this beautiful love that I felt going in Santa's sleigh, which was the UFO. But it's not till we dive deeper and we look behind those screen memories that we see just how long we have been intertwined with the ET thing. And for me, I really feel like it's interesting when I look back on my family genetics too. So my mom is a twin but her brother was born full term and she was born a preemie. So um, what the doctors say uh, has happened is like two separate ovulations. So it's like my uncle was conceived first and then my mum was conceived later. So she's had other things like her appendix was on the wrong side of her body. There's different um, genetic aspects that she looks very different from the rest of her family. Everyone's really tall, like, you know, around sort of six foot and over. Mum doesn't have much body hair, but the siblings did. Right. Uh, and she's very tiny and petite. And then so mum and dad weren't sure if they were going to have kids. And then all of a sudden fell pregnant with me when they were 28 and they'd been married since they were 21. Right. So, you know, quite a few years had passed. Uh, even my grandfather, who was a U.S. Marine, he said that there was just something different about me or something special about me when I was born too. And it's interesting, the connection with like the military, especially in the U.S. and ET contactees of the next generation. Right. So like the grandchildren of or um, even sometimes the children as well. But there is like a correlation between um, experiences. There's actually, you saw a picture of you and your grandfather when you were about four with an ant being in the... Yeah. So I had, um, it was interesting. I had, an, I had a regression with Mary Rodwell, which, uh, which was amazing in Queensland, uh, which is on YouTube uh, if anyone wants to see it as well. It was a friend afterwards. I was describing to him, you know, I was four years old and I saw these ant beings and they had these you know, almond eyes and these kind of like a, a long nose or a snout. And then it was maybe a week later, he's like, so that picture that you've got of your grandfather, that being is standing in the background and you can see it. And then in the photo is actually two. So for me, that sort of takes the confirmation back even further than I remember having stuff happened. But what I remember is, you know, they would come and kind of monitor and check up on me, but it was a lot to do with working with psychic development mm-hmm. and enhancement too. You know, we're always uncovering all these mysteries. And the other thing that that I've been sort of more uncovering uh, lately is to do with like my, I guess, DNA. So I've had just a few different things happen that's uh, pointing towards having either African or Aboriginal ancestry or even like one of the Islander ancestries mm-hmm. as well, which would explain the type of vision and the way that I can see things, which I've had said to me from some other Aboriginal elders that I don't, my eyes don't work the way that white people's eyes work. It works more um, indigenously. And, and how, what is the difference between indigenous eyes and Caucasian yeah. so eyes? There, there's a physical aspect of like, I have 2012 vision, which is like above average vision. <laughs> um, but they said also the color. And the way that they work, sometimes there's a 3D um, dimensional perception that I'll get where, uh, and I feel like that's to do with the ET modifications of like that needle that I talked about before. So it's like I'm able to see in 3D. And sometimes I've even been at, one time I was at a talk and I couldn't see the speaker because someone's shoulder was in the way. And so I actually just 
my consciousness shifted, something got out of the way and I was able to hold space and frequency for about 40, 45 minutes and see through this person's shoulder and be able to watch the person during the talk. So I think there's so much that our human brain is capable of. And I think that the more that we can learn and enrich and understand that our possibilities are endless, um, the more that we can develop as humanity and really awaken to the awareness that we are ETs. Exactly. We are part of that galactic grace. We are. Have you um, ever, do you see the pixels? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that even, um, you know, like in school, I would be, you know, just sort of transfixed looking out the window. So sometimes having seen like a pixelation or like a grid kind of over the earth. And some people talk about that being almost like an archonic type grid or, you know, a grid sometimes keeping us um, disconnected somewhat. Uh, But then there is also like, there's, there's other templates and other geometries sometimes that you'll see kind of just floating and sometimes they're projected from beings um, and they're to do with like upgrades or so say like when we see uh, a mandala pop up so I've seen I think it's called Sri Yantra S-R-I Yantra mm-hmm. which is like a series of different triangles sort of slotting together I remember uh, waking up to that being projected in my room and it was interesting because when you start to get those imprints of the energies and thinking about it as the ETs projecting that into your energy field or into your aura there's so many messages and things when you meditate upon those mandalas that awaken within us different aspects of the consciousness and different uh, psychic abilities too. Well, they're all encoded, right? They're encoded with deeper messages and deeper frequency. Yeah. So even if people want to activate that, meditating on those symbols will be helpful. Yeah. I actually see the photons that create this dimension. Oh, cool. So I see the f- here. I oh, see yeah. All the little pixelations and photon of light i can see is that is that like um what they call prana as well because sometimes you'll see prana which is like bubbles or squiggles and things. This, i've actually seen it go pure white oh beautiful and surrounded in the in just the light so it's yeah. to wow. me it's like it's hard to language but it's like the molecules that create everything i can oh. see the movement of them oh. from a i would say a photon level i can see all of this Mm. this is all just thought form created right yeah. so I can actually see that all I know what you're talking about now. and yeah. I, I oftentimes it just goes pure white on me and I'm in that just pure white space yeah. so I know what you're talking about now I've experienced that once where I had my hand um just like just on my bed and I could see all of these like bubbles and the word I kept hearing was mitochondria mm. and my guides were telling me go look up mitochondria in the keys of Enoch book oh. and it started to explain and talk about this type of energy too I'll yeah. have to find it so I can give you the bit of information <laughs> yeah it really just played in and connected to it all but that's an interesting point how like you've seen that and we were talking about before like the Chinese seeing the acupuncture system and like the the Indian side of things seeing the chakra system. I think we're all open to such different frequencies and spectrums that everyone has something to bring. To bring. So just in it before we close, how would you say the connection or contact with the galactic beings has shifted in the last two years? Not only for you personally, but yeah. in readings that you're bringing through for the people that are drawn to come to you for one of your sessions. Yeah. So it's really gone past the point of kind of awakening, even though awakening is still happening. I feel like it's now at the point of self-responsibility and a point of taking things into our own hands and really taking action on that. So it's really getting into the foundation of, yeah, let's build this new world. Let's look at different environmental technologies, um, look at different ways of of doing things that's going to help support and stabilize the planet um, and different ways of of love and communication um, and, you know, really becoming those heart-centered beings that we were born to be. Mm. So it's shifting back to that original divine blueprint. With the guides, there's just, there's always such flow and just such information. And it's always individually tailored to each individual client, but it very much is been over the last one or two years, it's been about our soul mission. So it's like, what can we individually do or bring to this collective? Because it really is time now where we're all, you know, to become the masters of our own domain and our own energy and to be responsible of that and responsible in the way that we, you know, take part or play in this planet. And it's about us now holding our energies and coming together. And I see it as almost like a grid of energies 
with all these different light beings of beautiful different color forming a grid around the planet. And it's all of us, it's humanity. And we've all got our light switched on and we're coming together to assist and to help work with that ascension of the planet and of humanity. And does it feel in your being that it is happening? You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there that I don't resonate with. And again, it's just, that's not my nature or maybe not my timeline. I don't know. But what is your sense of, yes, there's still work to be done, but in the bigger picture, what's your heart sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's almost a separation of some ways. So, you know, those of us, like you said, you know, I choose not to go into those things as well. And I just don't vibrate with that frequency. You know, I really, my, my aim and purpose and mission here is to hold the light and to bring the light onto the earth and to bring that heart centered energy the same as with you. And I feel like that, you know, people still can choose to go into that stuff, but be very careful it's good to be informed, but to definitely like wash the energy off and disconnect from that because it's so easy to get sucked into the drama and all of the the energy that goes with that. But I think, you know, for those of us that are really, you know, holding that light, we're going to attract others that are of that same frequency and vibration. I'm seeing it around me in the, the people that are coming to me for aura drawings and, you know, friends and family that are kind of uh, reaching out and connecting as well there's things have really progressed to a a different level and a different state. And there really is a safety and trust with speaking our hearts, which has just been so beautiful because I think that's something that I've struggled with in the past is really speaking, you know, my feelings, especially when it's been, you know, if it's of something's upset me or, you know, because I've really always just, I've never wanted to, you know, hurt anyone or upset anyone, but it's to that point of no return where we have to speak our heart and there's such beauty that's coming and evolving from speaking that heart and that's able to let more love in and take us to a deeper place of trust and understanding with what's happening in this transformation. And I think that's one of the things that I have on, on the Golden Goddess's website is that go- a goddess does not dim her light, makes oh, someone else feel more comfortable. That's so true. Because as we hold that higher frequency, what are we doing? We're inviting other people to step into that higher frequency as well. And so it's about moving past that fear, no matter what's being said out there, and just standing in that truth and standing in that integrity and holding it. And I've seen that throughout, like other beautiful women that are contacting me and men, just saying, thank you for speaking your truth or, you know, them having a sense of what I was sort of transitioning through. And for me coming out and speaking out on, you know, the relationship that I left as well, you know, that really validated their intuition of something was, you know, a bit off, but in me speaking it and bringing validation to, you know, things that had happened and that it really enabled me to get that feminine lioness type energy back (laughs) and to feel that, you know, within me and to take courage in that. And it was interesting because I had to use a bad situation as a way of learning, not just for myself, but the gift of it was to be able to, you know, share that experience so that other women or men didn't have to go through that. And I've had so many people reach out and contact me, you know, saying, thank you so much for for just standing in your truth and really, you know, bringing through that information because it's given me the courage to get out of a bad relationship or a bad situation or given me courage to speak up about how I'm feeling. So I've just seen that globally with so many messages. It's just been a beautiful thing. And doing that, we also invite the other people involved to step into their higher space, right? Oh, that's so and true. That's yeah. true. So in relationships where there is this movement or shift, it's also mm-hmm. inviting other people to step out of their wounds and recognize the light that they are too. So just in summary, Sorita, what yeah. would you like to leave the listeners with? I'm so grateful to all of your generosity for your time and your wisdom and your light. But just in summary, oh, thank those you. that are looking at stepping into the ne- their next part of their mission, um, yeah. general sense of suggestions or those wishing to have contact, what would be your take? Yeah. So I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show too. And it's just been a pure joy and a blessing. And I know that like so much of you and I communicating is just heart to heart. There's so much going on on a deeper level at the same time. And I think the, and the listeners will be picking up on so much unconscious information that's flying around yeah. at the same time. So, you know, for them to acknowledge what they feel and to listen to how the messages sit with them. 
I feel like that's really important. One of the main things that I keep hearing spirits say around the question you just asked me is trust. Yes. It really is trust in yourself. You know, like information you hear or feel, like trust in that. If something doesn't feel right, you know, trust that maybe that's perhaps not for you. Or if something feels like you're magnetically being pulled in one direction, you've got to trust in that too. And sometimes it might be fearful about shaking things up or rocking the boat, but magic can happen when we do that and we step into our own power. It's amazing so, yeah. what trust opens the doorways to. So again, it's Sol Rita Antaria and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and your website. So many free gifts that you give to people, so many tools that you share. And I look forward to continuing to share and celebrate your light and your beauty and the gift that you are on the planet. I love you Thank so much. You. I love you so much. Thank you for your time. Aloha. Thank you so much. Aloha. Mahalo listeners. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Join me next week when my guest will be the beautiful Jade, who will be talking about living light. Source has guided her to focus on helping light holders to step out of the work paradigm and into the holding and living as an expression of light. And Jed will be sharing some processes with us next week. In the meantime, keep shining your light and remember the divine that you are. Good night. Mm-hmm.